0: um by fans for fans since 1999 hello welcome to the um podcast this is phil callahan along with clint derringer and we're going to break down our season previews and uh as we head into the first week of michigan football with middle tennessee state on the schedule clint you have uh Gone through on your "By the Numbers" article, and talked about your feelings for the overall season. Um, um, could you could you walk us through that on, on how you see things shaking out at this point?
1: Yeah, for the for the whole season, I think the the optimism that we've all uh, kind of felt and is uh, kind of circulating in the local media and the Michigan media is uh, it's well founded. I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think uh, the talent level has uh, continued to increase build. I think the depth um, in year five is, uh, you know, we're deeper across the board than uh, we've been since, uh you know, since Harbaugh has been here. So all things are trending upward uh, that I can see. The uh, the concerns, of course, are, you know, losing a bunch of talent on defense. Your best three defensive players went to the NFL, Devin Bush, Richard Gary, chase Winovich, um, you're not going to be able to replace them immediately. Uh, but I think the gains in depth, um, the gains, um, in, you know, scoring, uh, and efficiency on offense, uh, under Josh Gaddis will, will help, um, counteract the, uh, maybe a slight dip in, in what we see in, in defense. So overall, I think, um, a lot of reason for optimism, um, we're all a little bit cautious uh there was a lot of optimism you know going into week uh 13 the 12th game last year and and i think we're still kind of carrying that with us at least i am
0: well i'll tell you one of the exercises that i like to do when i'm you know kind of to strip away the hype you know prior to the beginning of the season is i take the labels off right Like, I don't think I'm looking at Michigan football. I say I'm looking at a team, right? And this is how I break down where the Wolverines are right now. We have a team coming back with uh, a talented coach, right? We can check that box. I think everyone could agree with that. Now, uh, we need to see a little bit better results in rivalry games, but we know we have a strong coach. We are incredibly stacked at the quarterback position, okay? And... Uh, this is what I always expected our quarterback position to be under Jim Harbaugh. I expected us to be rolling three or four deep. Okay. So I checked the box that, that we are covered at the quarterback position for the first time uh, under the, the, in the Harbaugh era, I would say that I feel really good about the offensive line. And when I'm looking back at previous seasons, this is the, the biggest difference. And, and I would say even going back to the Rich Rod eras and, and the Brady Hoke era and, and the first couple years under Harbaugh, you know, there would be a lot of excitement. And, and you know, as somebody who, who follows the offensive line and, you know, it's, it's what I played in high school and what I really like to watch and see develop, I was never really sold on our offensive line until this year. And so it's it's interesting to see that that even with, you know, there, there was a, an injury last week, you know, in previous years, an injury to a potential starter before the season would have just, you know, knocked my expectations for a loop. This is the first time that I go, oh, okay, we, we, you know, we have the depth to deal with that. So coach is good. Quarterback is good. Offensive line is good. If you have the quarterback and the offensive line good, you can develop you know the receivers. So I I'm, I'm I'm we have some some depth coming back, but that's the kind of thing, you know, if the quarterback has time to throw, he'll he'll find somebody. We're good at tight end. Now you flip to the defensive side of the ball and yes, we we lost some guys who are um, you know, epic contributors, just amazing performers. Chase Winovich, one of my favorite players of all time. Um and again, you you know. Now, the thing that you have though is I go back to last year. Even with that amazing defense, it wasn't enough unless the offense was performing. So I look at this, and, you know, and I think, you know, they talked about it in the in the coaching meeting this week. You know, how do you take the pressure off the defense? Well, you score more points. So I, I feel good about that. Yeah, there are some, some you know, holes or, or some guys that are need to step up, but I really feel that if you were going to lose three performers, you know, we have, you know, amazing depth on the defensive side of the ball to do that and most importantly we have some you know a schedule that uh lends itself to growing that that potential right um you're not you're not jumping into Notre Dame the first game of the or second game of the season you have some time to kind of get healthy there so i will tell you i look at you know again i take all the labels off and i just look at all the areas and i feel amazingly confident heading into the season. I feel genuinely, and I, and I think it's legitimate. I think that this isn't, uh, you know, rah, rah, you know, the fan in me says that Michigan, you know, again, the fan in me says Michigan is going to win every game by 40 points. Right. I mean, that's what I would love to see. I would love to see them just destroy everyone, you know, anytime, anywhere. Um, you know, the, the, the more, uh, cool minded, even handed analyst in me who, who loves to watch football says this team is really set to dominate its schedule.
1: Yeah. And I, I think your point about the offensive line, uh, compared to years past is, is very, very, it's critical. I mean, that having that confidence that we're going to be good and maybe great, uh, front, both in the run game and, and protecting the passer, um, I'm glad to hear that schematically the switch to some RPO uh, schemes isn't going to be much different for, uh, the linemen. And I think that's uh, that's a huge benefit that, that they're going into year two under, um, maybe our most talented coach, uh, arguably right up there with, uh, with Don Brown. Um, and Ed Warner is, has done an amazing job. And I'm, I'm ecstatic that he's coming back for year two with, uh, four of the five same guys. And, uh, now with the injury to Stuber over at right tackle, you know that that position battle kind of worked itself out, and here we go. It, it's time to go. So I, I'm excited. I, I echo your uh, your excitement. And uh, do you want to talk about the uh, the individual games, you know, briefly each one?
0: Yep. Why don't we? Why don't you start with your uh, predictions?
1: Okay. So uh, Middle Tennessee State, and and you know that I I like to base uh, at least kind of ground myself in in what we get from the S p plus system uh, from Bill Connolly so um, right now the uh, and Clint, could you
0: could you give a just a brief overview of the SP for people who may not be familiar with it
1: yep S P plus is a it's a predictive model it's supposed to give you kind of an estimated margin of victory and a win probability for, for each team uh, it, it's kind of a gamblers tool and it's been uh, developed and refined. Over about the last decade by Bill Connolly, who's now uh, at ESPN. So I kind of provide his, uh, you know, what his previews were what his numbers say, and then um, provide a little bit of my own analysis, and then make my pick.
0: So what are uh, the, the bottom. what are the five primary factors that he looks at, Clint?
1: Yeah, so the five factors uh, that he measures um, are explosiveness, you know, how many yards per play, and when you're successful, how 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 many expected points did you gain? So there's a lot more value in being at the other team's five yard line as opposed to being at your own 20 yard line. So that's that's one the first is explosiveness. Efficiency. did you move the ball enough? This is kind of staying on schedule uh, against the down markers. So did you get um, you know enough yards on first down? Did you get enough yards on second down? and then did you pick it up on third down? Um, So that's an efficiency metric. Yes or no. Was it an effective play Uh, field position based on where you start uh, from kickoffs, punts or turnovers uh, average field position uh, as compared to what you're giving up to the other team finishing drives. So when you get inside the other teams 40 that's considered a scoring opportunity. How many points are you scoring per scoring opportunity uh, is the fourth metric and then the fifth one is somewhat of a luck metric. Um, turnovers, right. The way that, uh, oblong football bounces sometimes doesn't help you tipped passes. Um, strange, strange things that happen turnovers, but I also include penalty yardage there. So, uh, the mental side of the game and turnovers are the fifth factor. So his model, uh, takes in all metrics and all of those five dimensions, um, goes into his algorithm and then spits out kind of a win probability and then win by how much for that team.
0: All right, great. So how do things look for Michigan's first game versus Middle
1: Tennessee State? Middle Tennessee State uh, says Michigan by 33.4 points, win probability of 97%. I feel like almost any Michigan fan probably would have guessed pretty much those exact numbers. Middle Tennessee State's uh, defense is preseason ranked 86th, and their offense is 113th. So um, it's a nice, comfortable opponent that as long as uh, Michigan is executing and, and doesn't totally, um, you know, roll the helmets out there, then uh, everything's going to be fine. It, there might be some hiccups with week one with uh, 18 to 21-year-old kids, you know, no preseason scrimmage in college football. So I'm not saying it's going to be beautiful and perfect, but um, against an opponent like Middle Tennessee, I expect to see a lot of success. I pick Michigan to win 34-3. to 3.
0: All right, and, of course, the specter hanging over every season opener that Michigan is heavily favored is, is the memories of Appalachian State. So hopefully, uh, once again, uh, the Wolverines can dispel that. But I think that's the thing that's always in, you know, at least my mind every time we come into a game like this is, uh, you know, I remember being super heavily favored. And, and uh, although I will tell you that, that this game doesn't remind me of that game uh, in any way, so um, that's good. I, I I definitely agree. I think Michigan will handle handle these guys pretty pretty easily. Now, the next week, I feel it gets a little interesting, right? Because you're coming up against Army, and the the thing about uh, Army is, you know, they have you know an, an offense that you don't see very often. And um, I believe Michigan's defense will handle them, but how does the S and P stack up? Uh, on predictions for that game?
1: So S&P plus, I think, underrates Army. And and the reason is um, Army goes for it on fourth down more than anybody else in the country. I think it was 35 times they went for it on fourth down last year, and they picked it up something like 75 or 78% of the time. So um, the fact that they get into fourth down plays – means that their efficiency metric is going to be deflated because the, the efficiency metric is built around picking it up in three downs, assuming that you're going to punt most times on fourth down. So, um, their offense right now is ranked 55th. I think that's a little bit sandbagged by that, uh, kind of quirk, but their defense is 94th in the country, bottom, bottom half. So, uh, I I've got some faith in Don Brown. I, I you know, the, what we're hearing is that he's been preparing for the triple option since January. Um, I've got some thoughts about whether that's wasteful time in terms of I wish he wasn't having to do that. But because Army's on the schedule, he has to. So I'm glad that he is. So I see Michigan score a lot of points, figuring, uh, figuring out some of the uh, hiccups from week one on offense. I think Army's going to march a little bit and, and probably score a couple times. But I got Michigan winning 45 to 14.
0: It's interesting for me because, you know, as a just a, a fan of football in general, I like to see the triple option. I wish we weren't playing it, but, again, I, I like to see it. You know, it definitely gives you some interesting things to account for uh, both, you know, when you're trying to counter it on defense. The But I think the most interesting thing for me in looking at Army is that they've taken to heart – the, the statistical analysis that said, that says that teams should go for it on fourth down more. And it's interesting because if you look at the statistics and there's been a lot of analysis in this is that the general summary is that teams punt and go for field goals too often, right? And while some uh, casual fans may think that Army going for it on fourth down as often as they do is a sign of desperation, really it, it it's – it's, to me, more of a sign of uh, viewing the game more analytically, right? Now, obviously, because of where they sit and, and you know, with the constraints they have on talent and such, they knew, they do need to take chances that other teams perhaps don't need to take. But there is a firm statistical analysis that says, you know, once you're past a certain point on the field, you should always go for it. Right, statistically. So, I actually like to see it. Um, and again, you know, people can decry how baseball has been changed uh, by sabermetrics and, and different statistics, but um, this is the one area in football that, that I actually think is pretty crystal clear. Um, but again, it, it's so for me, it's interesting to see. Now, the the issue that that they're going to have is, you know, one of the tests I always do is I think okay. If we were to take our top 11 guys and their top 11 guys and put them in the parking lot and play street football, who's going to win, right? The talent level on the, on Michigan, um, you know, top to bottom trumps what Army has. So w- despite the fact that they may be, may be using analysis and statistics uh, differently and, and that they have an interesting offensive attack, Michigan's talent is just going to be too much in this one. Um, so I think that, that I agree that, that uh, Michigan's going to win this one, I think, going away. But I think there will be some interesting things to analyze. And, and I'll tell you, the thing about that is Michigan is going to be playing some really talented teams you know, later in the schedule. I, but the middling teams may look at some of the wrinkles that Army is able to expose. And I think we may see some some trick plays and some trickeration coming from the tape analysis of Army. So I think there's going to be a lot for us to look at.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. If, if Army's defense was better than 94th, I'd be even more worried about that game. But as of right now, I'm just moderately worried. So so,
0: so next up is the Big Ten opener. And yeah, so, uh, so how do you feel about that?
1: Well, I, I do like the fact that we get a, a week off in between Army and Wisconsin. Um, some extra time to prepare, but Wisconsin gets that same week off to also prepare. So uh, your point there about Army's tape against Michigan um, providing uh, a little bit of a blueprint is, is a little bit worrisome. Right now, Wisconsin is uh, 11th overall in s Plus. Michigan is 9th overall, so this is a you know a, expected to be a pretty tight battle. Even with a new quarterback, Wisconsin's offense uh, right now is ranked 5th in, in S and and their defense is 33rd Michigan's defense is 13th and offense is 14th. So um, according to the numbers right now, Wisconsin's offense against Michigan's defense is an advantage for Wisconsin. Um, the numbers spit out uh, a prediction of Wisconsin by one point and give Michigan a win probability of 48%. So S P and P plus uh, in both ways expects Wisconsin to win this game. I personally looked at last season's performance um, in comparison to these s Plus projections and split it up home and road. So if Michigan was expected to win by one point and won by 10 points, I gave them a plus nine. If they're expected to win by 10 points and they won by seven, I gave them a minus three. So I kind of created this marginal uh, performance uh, using the s Plus projections. At home, they were plus 7.9. On the road, they were minus 7.1. That's a 15-point swing in performance home versus road. Now, you know, that means that they're good at home, but I, I still am very, very afraid of the challenges on the road. Camp Randall is, is no joke on the road. Um, I think this might be one that Michigan drops. I predicted uh, Wisconsin 26-24.
0: clan I think that's an amazing... Uh... Uh, statistic it's a way to capture that what we've seen you know and again I'd say over the last 10 years is that Michigan is not the same team on the road that they are at home and it's interesting because you know at various times uh, you know have have talked about it with Rich Rod have talked about it to Brady Hoke and you know uh, have talked a little bit about it with with Jim Harbaugh but it, it is night and day And the way that that statistics captures the difference, I think really crystallizes something that, that has actually kind of puzzled me over the years. Um, I mean, we have seen Michigan go on the road and just completely, uh, you know, basically be a shadow of themselves. And, uh, again, I know that, you know, again, going back to Rick Sherrod, he was kind of puzzled by it. Um, you know I know Brady Hoke did things like they would actually go practice at Ford Field to kind of get the, you know try to get the 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 pace and cadence of of not being in your 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 basic um, environment, you know, trying to just shake things up. And it's interesting because part of what happens is, you know as college football has added more games, you know schools like Michigan want to have more home games, right? They generate more revenue. And, of course, and they have this advantage, right? So by adding more games and having more home games and adding, you know, let's be honest, usually substandard opponents, um, you – I think you kind of do yourself a competitive disadvantage. Um, It's hard to get used to going on the road. You're just not doing it as much, right? And I look back to last year, um, you know, Don Brown, you know, famously said, you know, in fall camp, well, last season was really good except for the first 19 minutes and the last 19 minutes, um, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, that that's great, but, but again, the one thing that, that we needed to address is both those games were on the road, right? You know, you came out kind of misfiring at Notre Dame, and you went down to Columbus as as heavily favored and, you know, misfired there. So, again, I, I'm really concerned about this game, and, you know, being a, an early opener, and again, we know that Wisconsin is going to be, you know, jacked up for this game. And they will be, it will be, it will be a great test for Michigan. And of course, we hope they're going to pull it out. But again, I, I totally understand the the statistics and the numbers uh, being against the Wolverines on this one.
1: And, and no, one more thing on the home road conversation. Only one game last year, only one road game, Michigan was plus on the differential compared to what S and P plus had predicted only the Michigan state game. Did they do better than the S and P plus projection? That means they were obviously worse against Notre Dame. Remember the slow start against Northwestern having to come back to, to eke that one out, even at Rutgers, they didn't, they didn't uh, handle the margin as well as they should. And then we all know what happened in Columbus. So this is a legit thing, regardless of opponent uh, toughness um, that, that it's a big deal for me home and road is the difference is about um, mental toughness and leadership at the player level, at the player level, the, the, the Wolverines just named their three captains. I think those guys and their makeup and their leadership style um, are, are critical in, in kind of battling this, uh, the uphill climb that we see in these home road splits. I think there's a reason that the only, plus differential last year was at Michigan state. I think our leadership, uh, Devin Bush, especially, you know, they had a little bit extra emotion after, after all the pregame garbage last year. So it, it's about, it's about really being mentally prepared going into the game, especially on the road, because you have to feel like you're, uh, kind of got that, um, fight your way out of, uh, of a parking lot being surrounded. You got to really have that, that mental toughness and edge to, to be better than the projections on the road. So we will see, I, I certainly hope so. Um, but until I see it and feel like we're getting that, that edge from our leadership, um, that, that first road game, I, I've got some concerns. So that, that's what it is.
0: Well, and one point about that Michigan state game last year, while well, we can look at the statistics and, and it's fun to look at the statistics because Michigan totally dominated their offense. But one thing to keep in mind is that it was horrendous weather conditions for, for much of that game. And remember, that was the game that was actually delayed for a little while. And one of, one of my fondest memories of that game is late in the game, as Michigan State was trying to drive down and, and, and you know, get back in the game, there was almost horizontal hail heading right at them and and uh, you know it gave me a chuckle but it also helped you know it's, it's hard enough to go up against the Michigan defense but when you have the weather against you it's it's uh it's even worse so there were some some odd uh you know weather conditions that I think you know definitely helped the Wolverines uh in that game so um and again you know mentioning you know the captains uh Khalid Hudson, Carlo Kemp, and Ben Bradison. so um I think that you know the thing that that gets me is that I was really happy to see Bredesen again and again. He's somebody from the you know offensive line, so it's great to see um, you know that his leadership is, is hopefully his leadership role is just continuing to grow. And you know we were talking about some of the questions on defense. I'm really looking for Kalief Hudson to have just an amazing year this year. So just you know as as a general overall comment um so uh we're concerned about the wisconsin game um after wisconsin michigan comes back and uh has rutgers on the schedule back in ann arbor
1: yeah so rutgers ranked 108th out of 130 so teams um defense is better than the offense defense is 87th offense is 121st Um, a a lot's been said, many jokes have been made. I I enjoy most of them. You know, Michigan's win probability for this one right now is 98%. It might even tick up to 99% by this point. Uh, the note that I made in my article was that I think either way for Rutgers, the, they're, they're running into a buzzsaw. They're either getting a very angry Michigan team, um, coming back from Wisconsin, or, uh, if Michigan is kind of clicking well enough that they won that game on the road against Wisconsin. And then coming home against Rutgers is going to be a, uh, you know, a, a real, a steamroller. So either way it goes, I think Rutgers is going to end up uh, really taking one, taking one on the chin here. I got Michigan 55 to 10, um, even beating the S and P plus projection of 36 points for Michigan.
0: So the only thing that I think may impact how the margin of victory in this game is that Jim Harbaugh has, has mentioned that he expects to use multiple quarterbacks this year. And and I will tell you, this is one of the knocks that I had in the first several seasons is that I kind of felt we were putting all our eggs in one basket and um, you know, injuries. I don't, I didn't feel we were preparing our backup quarterback well to come in the game um, you know, if necessary. Now, I think part of what's happening now is that basically, you know, and and Jim is is very clear on this, you know, guys earn the right to play. I think what's happening, you know, we talked about the depth at the quarterback position, but I think what's happening is that, you know, we've seen really good, uh, potential and really good play from Dylan McCaffrey, um, word out of spring ball and, and fall camp is that Joe Milton has has shown himself to be very capable so I think that it's a combination of Harbaugh wanting to have backups prepared also you want to give those guys a taste so they stick around right so it's uh it, it really looks like it's going to be a battle next year this year it, it's it still appears to be Shay's job to lose and I think that, um, you know, if if something were to happen that uh, this is the game that Harbaugh – that that I expect to see the quarterbacks get into rotation, right? Um, maybe a little bit in Middle Tennessee State, but I would really expect this game, um, you know, getting ready for the, the – you know, getting ready for the mid part of the season against an opponent that they should handle pretty easily. We may see the uh, – backup quarterbacks get some meaningful rotations in the first half and that might impact the scoring a little bit but again if they're really ready to go it 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 may be a run to the races it may be a huge blowout but so i'm interested to see what happens either way
1: yeah there's kind of an interesting up down uh setup to the the schedule this season so you know you've got the tough one against Wisconsin and Madison, you come home against Rutgers, and then you move to another tough Big Ten opponent opponent in Iowa at home. So Iowa right now is twenty-fifth overall in the S P plus. Their defense is right behind Michigan's at eighteenth, for Michigan's is thirteenth. But the offense right now starts at forty eighth. Now I think that's I think that's low for Iowa's offense. I think by the time we're we're going into this game, I think Iowa's offense will be moved up, at least into the top twenty five on the S and P plus uh, metrics. So I think this one's going to be really, really close on the projections by the time we get to this point in the season. Right now it says Michigan by 11.6 and win probability of 75%. I think Michigan will win, but I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be lopsided like that. So um, I picked Michigan to win 30 to 23. Um, I, I hope that they can stretch it out a little bit more than that, but this one, this one may be a nail biter. Um, so, so prepare yourselves heading into October.
0: Well, and that's the thing. I mean, historically speaking, Iowa has occasionally derailed Michigan hopes. Right. And, and I will tell you my very first Michigan game as a, as a, as a very young child, uh, I will beat us nine to seven. And my first Michigan game I ever attended in person Anthony Carter scored a touchdown and yet what my memory is Iowa beating us 9 to 7 because you know it was one of those vintage Shembecker teams that did not have a a uh, super qualified uh, field goal kicker. So basically as the game went, wound down it was going to be a touchdown or nothing, right? So I always remember that. I also remember a few years back I actually went to Iowa to see a game and uh Iowa Iowa won, right? And then just a few years back, you know, under Harbaugh, Michigan seemed to be in the driver's seat headed for a big 10 championship. Michigan goes to Iowa and, and gets, and gets shocked. Right. So Iowa has been historically and recently a very tough opponent. They are not to be overlooked. And, uh, again, they have a good coach and, and it will be definitely interesting. Really glad that, uh, Michigan has this game at home and, uh, again, it it really shakes up to be an entertaining season from beginning to end. And, and this is one of those games that, again, I have them winning as well, but I can definitely, you know, would not, I would not be surprised if it is a very close game.
1: Yep. And I think you made a very good point there about the kickers. I, I do think that the offense and defensive units in this game will be pretty closely matched. So I, where Michigan will have a bigger advantage by this point, in my opinion, will be on the special teams, not just the kicking uh, field goal kicking, but also field position and returns. So uh, maybe a big play makes the difference a punt return or, or a kick return, a uh, blocked punt, something like that. But I think special teams going to make a big difference in that game because the, uh, the units are going to be pretty balanced.
0: Oh, I just had a bad memory, you know, another Iowa memory of remember, uh, a Lloyd Carr team went down and did the, uh, decided to switch up the, uh, the punting. Right. Remember? Mm-hmm. And again, special teams just blew that game open. So again, mm-hmm. I have a lot of bad memories of Iowa. Um, I even remember, you know, again, under, under Lloyd Carr, there was a, a game where Iowa just came in and rolled Michigan. And I just remember being shocked and, uh, I remember heading out of the stadium and there was an Iowa fan, you know, a young boy with his dad. And uh, they were in Iowa jerseys and the dad looked at the son and said, son, take a picture. Remember this because it doesn't happen very often. So they're definite. You know, I I have some definite bad memories of Iowa.
1: So yeah, that was that was oh, That was my first year on the sidelines as an equipment manager. That was the year that uh, Iowa went undefeated.
0: Yeah, and they definitely just came in and dominated from,
1: you know, just really, really shocked, right? It was rough. Yeah, it was rough.
0: So that's the thing. I remember, you know, Iowa, again, Iowa holds a special bad place in my psyche. So let's hope that that Michigan can get past them. Um, So they follow that up with a road trip to Illinois, and perhaps they will be seeing a familiar face in quarterback Brandon Peters, He's been named the starter. Um, now we'll have to see if he's still the starter, but at this point he's the starter. And uh, that will be, that will be interesting for Michigan fans. He will definitely want to come in and, and uh, really light it up against his former team. We know he has potential. Um, I don't think, I think it's, it's fair to say that he really didn't live up to it and show it his entire career here. Obviously if he did, he might still be here, but uh for me, that game is really interesting because that, that seems to be like an X factor.
1: Yep, I, I agree with you on that. I, I wish Brandon Peters the best in uh, 11 out of his 12 regular season games, and, and if they can make a bowl, 12 out of 13, but but not this one, obviously. So um, the all of my previous uh, conversation about road games still applies. Uh, one thing that was underrated uh, on a road trip to Champaign, like you said, is Illinois really, really, really has some vitriol for, for the Wolverines. They they really consider this uh, – rivalry probably is just slightly too strong of a word, but they really, really have some animosity towards, uh, towards Michigan as a fan base. So it was a tough place to play um, in Champaign. So this one is going to be another road tester. I, I think of this one a lot like last year's Northwestern game, probably – Uh, a slow start Um, in terms of just uh, Illinois having an emotional high coming out of the locker room and and Michigan having kind of a lull on the road. Uh, That being said, Michigan will get it, get it pulled back together. And I see them winning by, by two scores, at least I I picked them 27, 14 in the uh, Brandon Peters revenge game.
0: Clint, it's funny. You mentioned about the, the hostility down there the The times I've been down there, I come away describing it as a one-sided rivalry that they hate us way more than we hate them. Like like they're just kind of a another uh, stop on the on the Michigan football schedule. I was shocked at the hostility and and the uh, the, you know, it, it's one of those things. I think um, as, as you try to describe what happens to Michigan football sometimes. And I say, you know, I describe it kind of like the Yankees in baseball, that everybody hates you, right? Like, you have fans everywhere, but everywhere you go, you're pretty much hated and despised for, you know, at at a certain level. Uh, And you can talk about maybe envied, uh, but, but the point is, is that when you go down to Illinois, I'm reminded that Michigan usually gets everybody's best game, and you definitely get Illinois' best game. I mean, this is a game that, that they they would love to beat Michigan. They they um, the stadium. It is definitely a hostile environment. the The fan base is up for it, and it's it's really one of the things that makes college football amazing in my mind. Is that you know when you have so many games in the NFL, um, some games are ho hum, right? Um, and and some fans. You know, you, you see many pro games where the fans are just there for having a good time and, and perhaps care, you know, the game is secondary. Um, when Michigan comes to town, it's a show, it's an event, and, um, you know, it, it's a happening, and they definitely would, would you know, put want to put up their best effort and and uh, hang a loss on the team. So I agree with your uh, analysis. I think that the X factor, X factor here is Brandon Peters. Um, again, wish the best in every other game. You know, there's no place that he would rather show Jim Harbaugh up and Michigan up than in this game. So we we will definitely keep an eye on that. So, um, you know, here we are heading toward the midway mid part of the season, and your predictions are Michigan is five and one. Um, my predictions is Michigan is undefeated, and the height machine is is going into to super drive, uh, you know, on ESPN. And, um, at this point the rumors are already started that NFL, that every NFL team is getting ready to make an offer for Jim Harbaugh and the media types are predicting he's going to be leaving any minute. I say that with a chuckle because you know, that's how it works. Um, but again, this is uh so we're, we're at five and one, we're midway through the regular season and we're headed on the road to Penn state. So, how do you see that one?
1: So, a huge moment, of course, based on on where we expect to be. It's Big Ten East uh, implications, without a doubt. Uh, I, I, the only prediction, or the prediction that I am most confident in, is that it's going to be at night, in a whiteout, and it's going to be loud. Um, like you said, halfway through the season, six and zero, perhaps. I, I, I think probably five and one, but the pivotal moment for the season. This is the one. This is the the way that we look at this season as being a pivotal season in the harbar era. Are you going to move up from that 10-3 and three kind of level or, or, or what? This is the moment, and, and I think that there will be a sense of that around the program. I think there will be a sense of that um, at Schenbeckler Hall and, and amongst the coaching staff. Um, I remember – Uh, 97, uh, as a kid, this was the pivotal trip to happy Valley in that season. This was two highly ranked teams, a lot on the line was Michigan for real. And, and I, I think that this is going to end up very similar to that. I think Michigan is better coached. I think the talent level is a slight edge to Michigan. I think they will have their, um, Leadership will be sharpened. I think they'll start to have this edge. This will be back-to-back road games. This is the one where they prove that they can really execute on the road. And they come out 31-17. Michigan beats the Nittany Lions.
0: Well, I have heard a strong rumor that it's going to be a whiteout as well. And I, I think we can, you know, I, I think there's a lot of reasons that that's going to line up, right? Um, it makes sense. The, the thing that that worries me, is that and again you know i i hate to keep harping on on the past but penn state has been a pivotal game in the failures of the last two coaches right and and i say this you know for me and in my mind right so i i remember back to the the rich rod era and michigan was headed to penn state and and you know I'll never forget it because um, you know, Michigan was heading to Penn state and we had Denard Robinson, who was one of the most amazing athletes I have ever seen in my life. Right. And we were going to Penn state and um, Penn state was down to basically their third or fourth string walk on quarterback. And, and this was the 20, you know, this is 2010. and, everything to me lined up that Michigan was going to go and just put a beating on Penn State, right? We go down and, and Michigan loses by 10. And I remember mentally, you know, kind of checking out on Rich Rod at that era, right? That basically with all the advantages Michigan had, they couldn't his defense couldn't handle a a to be courteous, a journeyman quarterback, right? And I remember thinking, yeah, I, I remember being very frustrated and saying, I, I'm out, right? Watching that game going, I'm done, okay? I just can't, I don't believe anymore, right? Um, and then I think back to uh, a similar game under Brady Hoke, right? And that was 2013, and Michigan goes down there, and that was the famous four-overtime game that I come down to and, and again, Clint, you know, you've worked as a coach at the high school level. I've, I've uh, helped out at programs at the high school level. Um, we've, we, we dissect how coaches do things, right? We talk about strategy. We talk about how you do things. And I look at that Penn State game, and I think that it was coaching malpractice, right? And perhaps if Michigan wins that game, uh, you know, that they, they go on a tear and, and everything is, is fabulous and Brady Hogue pulls it out. Right. Um, instead they, they eke out a seven and six season and, you know, things are, things are in decline that a terminal decline. So I look at this game at, at Penn state much like you do, uh, because, you know, think back a couple years, you know, Michigan went there under Harbaugh and, uh, Thanks to the to the Amazon special, we have some really great clips of of how Michigan thought they were just going to go in and, and put a beating on on the Lions, Nittany Lions, and it didn't happen. Right? The def- you know again one of the times the defense kind of come up came up short. So I look at this game as very pivotal. Now the good news, as I've been all doom, gloom, and destruction, is I see Michigan coming up big in this game. I see this as the game that, um, as, as you know, people have said, well, what is Harbaugh's signature win? I see this as being a huge signature win for for the Wolverines, and I'm excited about it, okay? So, you know, I, I love looking at the numbers that says that, that, you know, and I love your prediction of Michigan winning, you know, by a couple touchdowns. Um, I hope that's the case. I remember that 97 game as well. I, I made the drive. I went to that game. It was a monsoon, okay, and it was uh, amazing, and Michigan dominated from beginning to end. And my best memory of that game is we had seats uh, way up in the end zone, and at halftime, you know, uh, people who haven't been to uh, to see a game at Penn State, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere there's a lot of country around it. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you're there at night, it's very dark. When you look out beyond the stadium, you don't see a lot of stuff. My memory at halftime was the line of cars leaving the game. Okay. That, that, you know, it's, it's right in the middle of the state. People travel from, from quite far away to attend the game. And what I remember is the line of cars at halftime leaving. Okay. Because the game for all intents and purposes was over. Um, I'm looking for another game like that. That's that is my prediction. So I, I, I agree. Um, so, uh, the other thing that the Penn state game, uh, basically marks is the beginning of a murderous schedule for Michigan. Right. I mean, just an incredible gauntlet of, of games, um, you know, and it just to, to talk about it real briefly. It's Penn State, it's Notre Dame. Um, we're gonna script We're gonna skip Maryland, MSU, Indiana, and Ohio State. Just a a, a gauntlet to be run. So uh, we both agree that 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 Michigan will beat Penn State. Next game up is Notre Dame. Again, um, you know, uh, the first of three really tough games that that thankfully. Three of those tough games are going to be at home. And people may wonder why Notre Dame is so late in the season. Michigan and Notre Dame talked uh, years ago, several seasons ago, about they were both upset about uh, playing so early in the year and and feeling that they did not play their best football. And there was also some gamesmanship about uh, both schools would try to get an earlier game to to kind of have a tune-up game. So it was made to move this game later in the season. And, uh, it, this is the first year we're seeing it and it's right in the middle of this just gauntlet of games. So we're going to see Notre Dame. And, uh, how do you see that one?
1: Well, I I think your, your point there is about the gauntlet is is correct. Of course, this is like a, a mini season in itself. You got all three rivals in the last five games and it's got this feel, like I said before, of kind of an up down with, with. Trying to get up for a rivalry game and then these trap games mixed in between. So the the trap game dynamic goes all the way through uh, the entire schedule. So uh, right now, S&P Plus sees Michigan by five with a win probability of 61%. Notre Dame's offense right now is ranked 29th. I think they'll move up from there. I think they're better than that. But the the gauntlet term was one that we used uh, last year in 18. Uh, for the three home games um, or the three uh, big games in the middle of the season where Wisconsin at home on the road against Michigan state and Penn state at home, that Michigan went three and O there was kind of a common thread of you could really feel Michigan's performance building and improving through that gauntlet. Um, the, the revenge tour quote unquote was really building um, before kind of flopping at the end of the season. But I see this, uh, Penn State, Notre Dame back to back being very similar. So if if you and I are correct that we're really building um, something, you know, or, you know, kind of like a diesel engine warming up uh, in Happy Valley, then I see that continuing at home against Notre Dame. Now, if things go poorly uh, against Penn State, I, I could see that also continuing. So I really think that, like I said, that pivotal moment in Happy Valley is going to carry itself into Ann Arbor against the Irish. But because I think we play well against uh, the Nittany Lions, I think we come home on an emotional high. Um, Notre Dame's defense is really, really solid. Um, a lot of talent there. So it'll be a, a big test at this point in the season for both Josh Gattis and Shea Patterson. But I, I think Michigan will rise to that challenge. Uh, give the edge to the uh, revenge factor for last year's uh, opening loss down in uh, South Bend so give me Michigan 33 to 13 three scores. I would take that.
0: I I agree with you uh, on a lot of things here. I think that the defense is going to be rolling at this point. Um, you know I, I've described the Michigan defense a, a, as a bully defense, right that they're the the team that is just going to crush any weakness that they see. And of all the games on the schedule, uh, the two games that I think that they want to come up big in are the two games they came up they they came up short last year. And we, you know, as we've described, Michigan is a different team at home than on the road. I think the defense is going to be looking for blood. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Michigan just completely crush Notre Dame here. And I, if I had to pick. Um, one blowout game in these in this series in this gauntlet, it would be this one. Um, so so I agree I think Michigan's gonna win and um, I think Notre Dame I think Michigan you know top to bottom is a little is too strong for Notre Dame this year. And um, with that said, you know it's Notre Dame. we see weird things, right? Um, but it'll be interesting I'm trying I'm trying to to get my head around this game being so late in the season. That just seems wrong, in some way. But again, looking forward to it. It's going to be a a, a great, you know, a great matchup, and again, an incredibly entertaining, you know. And, and and let's be realistic, you know, this stretch, you know, Michigan, if the season shakes out the way we both believe, Michigan will be, you know, heading into the stretch with perhaps only you know undefeated or only one loss. This is really. Um, a a stretch of games that can, that can make or break your reputation, right? Um, You, you clear out this stretch and you are, you know, you have, you are a a coaching God, right? If for some reason things go really bad, you know, it can really, you know, leave a damning, it'll leave a bruise, right? To, to, to be nice. So, but either way it's going to be entertaining. So as you mentioned the up and down aspect of the schedule we go from one of the elite matchups in in all of college football, two of the biggest brands, two of the greatest names, two of the greatest programs, the Michigan Wolverines and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and we go to Maryland and we go on the road to uh, to, to College Park. So um, how do you see this one shaking up?
1: Of all the kind of trappy <laughs> games, I think this one ends up being the least trappy Um First of all, Maryland is, is smack dab in the middle in, in all forms, according to S P plus. They're 67th overall of 130-some teams, 65th defense, and 69th offense. All of that's right in the middle. So the, the numbers don't know what to say or think right now of uh, the new-look Maryland under Mike Locksley. However, um, all of the, the ridiculousness coming out of Big Ten media days with Locksley and Gattis, Um that's, that's just uh, fodder for, for articles and, and people can be happier or, or fired up about it. But I can tell you internally <clears throat> as coaches, I, I think that Michigan <clears throat> is going to get the better of that exchange. They, 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 they took a little bit of a higher road and they are certainly going to have plenty to be, to be fired up on going on the road against the Terps. Uh, Gattis is going to have a lot to prove against a middling defense. Um, if, if the weather is nice at this point in the season, if he catches a nice day, they could really run it up, I think. I, I got Michigan 35-7 to 7 over Maryland.
0: Yep, I agree. I think, uh, you know, for a new coach coming in, on one hand, you kind of want to set a tone for your program, but you also don't... You shouldn't set yourself up to be run over by a truck, and, and that's how I view this game. Um and again this is a game that i expect michigan to um provide some opportunities for their second string guys and i think those guys are solid it's not going to be a time where those guys are just going to get minutes i think that you know and again specifically at the quarterback position we're going to see some guys who want to make their bones right and are going to be ready to do it and i uh you know, it's one thing to get trucked by Michigan's first string quarterback. I think that Maryland has set themselves up to get trucked by just about everybody. Um, again, it, it's talk is cheap, and we'll see what happens on the scoreboard. But um, I don't think I'd want to be wearing a Maryland jersey uh, when this one when this one happens. So uh, Michigan uh, comes back from Maryland to another premium matchup with two of the biggest name programs in the state, University of Michigan and, and uh, Michigan State University, the Spartans. So how do you see this one? And, and you know, we should definitely say that the Spartans are, are definitely hurting from the shellacking they took last year. And uh, I think this is, you know, this is always their biggest game of the year, uh, but this is definitely, definitely the biggest game on their schedule after after the way they were manhandled last year in East Lansing.
1: Yeah, I I can agree with that for sure. Right now the 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 Spartans have almost no balance in between their offense and their defense. Their defense very well could be the best or one of the best in the entire country and their offense very well could be one of the worst in the country. Preseason, their defense is ranked 3rd nationally. And their offense is ranked 96th, and that's up from last year. Last year was uh, you know, over 100. I think it was 114th by the end of the season. So, I don't think that they'll be that bad. 114th. I think they'll come back to the middle of the pack a little bit. But if we basically look at this rivalry game for sure, home game edge for Michigan. It's going to be two elite defenses. Michigan State's may even be a little bit higher than than Michigan's defensive ranking. But let's let's call it a wash for for this particular comparison. Michigan's offense is going to be somewhere near the, the top 10, top 20. Um, we, I think we're confident in that. Michigan State's offense, at best, is going to be middle of the pack in the 60s, 70s, or 80s. The, the edge goes to, to Michigan. And, and one, one more edge, I think, is that your point before early in, in our conversation here about Army kind of putting some some things on film for other teams – Listen to to the film that Michigan's going to be using against the Spartans. The Spartans in October are at Ohio State, at Wisconsin, and then home against Penn State after a bye week. Those three games are going to be the the tape that Michigan has to study. It's going to be awfully hard for D'Antonio to keep the kitchen sink in his pocket through that stretch. He will. There will still be a very specific <laughs> Michigan game plan because that's how D'Antonio rolls. But almost all the tricks are going to be out of the bag by that point in the season. Um, all those edges still, it's going to be a very, very close game because you got two great defenses, Michigan and a nail biter. Um, everybody kind of hold on to your seats, Michigan 17, Michigan state 13.
0: I think it's going to be a very tough game. I do expect Michigan to win, but I think this could be uh, a real challenge, right? I mean, because, because we, you know, the cliche, it always is. You get the best game. It, it is. I mean, this is the game. Um, I think it's fair to say that, that Michigan State is rebuilding this year. They're definitely trying to rebound. I, I don't think realistically that they're expecting to have, like, a, a monstrous, you know, uh, near-perfect season. But if there was one game they could put on the schedule that they would win with uh, – uh, at the expense of all others, this would be the game. And uh, again, another awesome, awesome spectacle that I'm looking forward to at, at the big house. Um, you know, we we kind of, um, you know, look at last year's home schedule and it was kind of disappointing. This is the payoff. This is the, and this is one of those games. It's just, it's really, really kind of amazing. Personally, I'd like to see more balance in the schedules, but, you, you you know when you're when you hit the jackpot like this, it, it's really it, it's hard to complain about about the schedule home schedule last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully, um, Michigan overcomes the Spartans and then heads down on the road to Indiana. So
1: yeah, um, so this one this one feels a little bit like Maryland plus again their their offense and defense are ranked similarly in the forties and fifties a little bit higher than what Maryland would be. The the road test, again, you know, all of the previous conversation, copy-paste that to here. Uh, preseason, Michigan's win probability is 77%. 23 consecutive times Michigan has beaten Indiana, and every time in the last decade or so, it's it's felt so, so close. Like, we've escaped 10 times in a row of those 23. So uh, this one, I think everybody's got it kind of circled as – the trap game that we've talked about a couple times, again, with the up-down throughout the entire schedule. Um, I, I just have a hard time not not looking at this one and thinking of the blueprint that Indiana laid down for the debacle in Columbus last year. There was a really chippy game, if you remember, at home last year against Indiana, a really physical game. I think that might be enough to kind of keep um, the smelling salts uh, under the Wolverines nose, you know, metaphorically. So I, I think Michigan will, will win the game, but I have no reason to believe, you know, all the factors are kind of pressing this into a much closer uh, game than what S P plus thinks. S P plus says 12.7. I think it's a one score game. I picked Michigan 28, 25 escaping from Bloomington.
0: I agree that this is the, uh, an example of a potential trap game and and it's another example of if you were to look at the record of Michigan versus Indiana over the last 10 years, if you hadn't seen the games and you just look at the score, you just look at the record, you would think, Oh, Michigan's going to win easily. We always see Indiana come up and play tough. They bring it and, and they, they may not be successful, but they, you know, much like Illinois, I think this is a, Another example of kind of a one-sided rivalry. Indiana is going to come wanting to make their bones. This is a game that they are, you know, they know they're going to be on the national spotlight because, um, you know, everybody's going to be looking at Michigan. Very few people will be caring about Indiana at this point, except for Indiana fans. Other and the people who care are everybody who hates Michigan. So this is one of the times where Indiana can can make a mark. And, and, again, like you said, they were chippy last year. I'd say they're always chippy. They, they, they you know, they, they don't sweat Michigan. They're, they're going to come in and, and, and try to, um, you know, and, and we, we talk about all the reasons. I mean, a lot of these guys, not many of these guys were recruited by Michigan, right? These are the guys who are the uh, second or third tier guys. They may be, uh, you know, a lot of Indiana guys. And, again, they come in with a well-deserved chip on their shoulder, and this is the chance that they can, you know, make noise nationally. So um, I do agree. I think it'll be a one score game and uh, hopefully Michigan will escape. And And I'll tell you the thing that I hope in this game is this is a game. I hope they escape without many injuries because it is a tough game. And that's somehow that is, that is sometimes how things get dinged. You, you may win the game, but lose a guy. Right. And and hopefully they can win the game and, and emerge unscathed.
1: I think Chase Winovich is, injury from last year in the indiana game uh clearly hampered his performance in the ohio state game the week after we didn't even know if he was going to play uh going into the game in columbus so um your point is absolutely spot on and and not only do we have to escape with a win we've got to escape somewhat healthy at least uh, in comparison to the buckeyes
0: so that leaves us with the regular season finale The Buckeyes heading to Michigan Stadium. I believe that Michigan will enter this game undefeated. You believe Michigan will enter this game with one loss. Um, I believe that this game will determine who will go to the Big Ten championship. Um, Now, what's interesting about it is I'm not sure if it will be Ohio State. Who will go, who if they win will go to the Big Ten championship. Okay. I think there's a good chance that, you know, under the new coach, Ohio State may stumble a few times and that what may, uh, this may determine whether Michigan goes to the Big Ten championship. But, uh, and I'll tell you, Clint, uh, you know, how, how do you see things shaken up with the SP?
1: Well, the s and picks Ohio State by 0.2 points and gives Michigan a win probability of 49%. Give that a big uh, two-handed shrug. <laughs> Who knows? Flip a coin, all of the other platitudes that, especially we're going to have a whole lot more information to be working on at that point in the season. But as far as a preseason prediction, uh, even math is saying, I don't know. I think here here's what we know about about this game, and I'll, I'll put a little bit of analysis on top of it after what we do know the all of it, all of it that matters, all of it that doesn't matter, all of the narrative, all of the people that have a lot to say, critics, uh fanatics, all the positive, all the negative, you can you can ball all of that up, compress it and and and, and just throw it out. It, it is not gonna matter at this point in the season at this point in the season. It's going to be about playing like a championship team and taking a step forward as a program and beating Ohio state for everybody that wears the block end, everybody. But on a micro level, what they're going to talk about in that locker room is the seniors. This will be senior day at Michigan stadium. None of these guys have beaten Ohio state in their career. There's a number of senior classes that have, have exited the program feeling very, very positive about their careers and going on to NFL careers, but always have this stain at the end of their career. It is the only reason that I, that I still get heartburn when I think of the Mike Hart and Chad Henney eras, because they did not beat the Buckeye. So that will be the conversation. It'll be about seniors. It'll be about the coaching staff supporting those seniors. It'll be about the leadership and that's the right message. I think finally, Michigan will get it done. Um, again, a home game is a whole lot different than a road game. Um, the, from what I heard last year, I think not only did Ohio State have a better game plan in 18 and some talent advantages with their receivers against our secondary that we kind of under um, that we didn't overlooked, Uh I think Walking into the Horseshoe, Michigan was a little bit too wide-eyed. I think that there's a little bit of an awe factor that they, they may have been confident as a football team and in their abilities, but they didn't have the same edge that I was kind of describing with the the Devin Bush-led edge uh, against the Spartans last year. So, um, being at home this year, I think as a, as a program and as a as a fan base, we need to make Um, the big house feel that way for the Buckeyes where they come in a little bit wide-eyed under a first year head coach and make this epic game what it should be. I I see Michigan winning. It's going to be tight. Um, Who knows what it's going to be, but I see Michigan winning by a score or a little bit less than a score. I picked 37 33 Um, Michigan wins the big 10 East and goes to the title game uh, in Indianapolis for the first time. Um, that's how I see it happening.
0: I would love to see it happen. And, and I guess where I'm at is, and and you alluded to this, it's time for the team to show us that they can do it, okay? So, and this is, you know, I mentioned earlier, the fan in me wants Michigan to win every game by 50 points. Um, You know, there's never a game that Michigan enters that in my heart I don't believe they can win. OK, I always see a path to victory, no matter what the odds are, no matter what the score is. I mean, I, I think back to my first game as a season ticket holder was the Michigan-Virginia game. Right. And I'm sitting there in the stands and again, have, having seen enough games and, and talked to enough coaches and, and know how game planning works. In that game, I'm sitting there calculating exactly what has to happen for Michigan, Michigan to come back. And they did. OK. And I think of the Michigan-Michigan State uh, epic overtime game where Michigan had to come back. And and I remember doing the same kind of calculus in my head of looking at the clock and, and knowing what needed to happen. Unfortunately, in this game, um, m- my head tells me, right, that I have seen games where Michigan had better talent in the last four years, I have seen games where Michigan is at home. I have seen games where Michigan had more to play for. I have seen pretty much every variation of of circumstances where Michigan should win and, and unfortunately they come up short. So let me
1: let me give you let me give you two points to try to convince you to to not say what I think you're you're about to say. Two things. Remember that seventeen game, the home game. Now swap out John O'Corn and put Shea Patterson into that game. Right? And and just just try to visualize <laughs> visualize for me as, as a Michigan fan and, and do that and see how that works out. And the second thing that, that I would give you is both both offenses are gonna be talented and kind of high flying. I think they're they're close and comparable, but Ohio State And their defensive staff is going to try to run a copy pasted version of Michigan's Don Brown defense. Who, who's going to run it better, Don Brown or Greg Madison? You know, I'll, I'll take Don Brown. I'll take Shea Patterson over John O'Corn in 17. I, I, Michigan's going to find a way to do it. This is the pivotal season that we move into the, the conversation, a legitimate conversation for the playoff. and, and, the opportunity to go win the Big Ten title.
0: And there's no doubt, Clint, I hope that happens. I I, I just need to see it, okay? I I will, um, and, and I'll tell you, so I have never seen Michigan win in person in Columbus, okay? And think about over the last 10 years, okay, the Rich Rod era, the Brady Hoke era. Every time I go down there hoping that I was going to see uh, I was going to be justified. My faith was going to be rewarded. Right. And I think to the game where, um, you know, Michigan went down there and, and lost in overtime to Ohio state under Harbaugh. And my biggest disappointment in that game is that we had a chance to go for the win and, and kick the extra point for the tie to go to overtime. And, what I need to see this year is I need to see um, Gunslinger Harbaugh, right? And, and I'll tell you, I look, I, again, I, you mentioned the quarterback position. I think we're, we have three quarterbacks that could beat Ohio State, okay? I can't remember ever thinking that in my entire fandom career, right? So this is the year. I hope they can do it. I think they should do it. I will tell you, I really thought they were going to put a beating on them last year. So I, I just, I, I, I honestly, I'm a little gun shy. I am really, last year, and and this is where, you know, I'm not media, and I never really want to be the, the heartless, analytical, not care what happens in the game media, right? The thing that really hurt last year is I, I do love Michigan the thing that hurt was seeing those seniors have to face the fact that they were ending their career not only not having beaten ohio state but having been spanked on national tv so i hope my heart hopes 100% that that we see michigan step up and 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 shoot i'll take a win by a point you know a win is a win is a win in this series I really hope that it happens, um, but but I'll just say I'm just I'm so I'm so gun shy after last year. I I just can't I can't predict it. I hope it, I hope it with with every fiber of my being, that that's what happened, and I will, you know I will be cheering. I will be rooting for Michigan, but I need to see it. I need to see it. I want to see it. I mean, there's a reason I go every year. There's a reason we do this. There's a reason we put so much time into following the Michigan, you know, and I I don't just want it for me. I don't just want it for the fans. I want it for those seniors that you talk about, because I know that nobody cares more than the guys on that team. And, and I, it's, it has really hurt the last 10 years to see Michigan struggle. Um, And and I'll tell you, um, you know, back to kind of my analytical side, is that the last couple of seasons, Michigan has waned at the end of this, of the end of the regular season? So what I want to see is a team that finishes stronger than it starts. And if they do, this could be a season for all time. This could be a season that we talk about along with ninety seven, right? This could be that kind of year, and these could be these kind of players, and I desperately hope that it is.
1: Yep. T- time to do it and, and not just talk about it. I think, uh, I think it all sets up correctly. So I'm glad to hear it. I, I know we, uh, we ran a little longer than we normally do on our, on our podcast, but a lot of, a lot of good stuff there. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. I, I know, I'm, I know you are too, but it's, you know, getting a little jittery right now, even, even seven days away.
0: Clint, I will tell you it's this time of year and, and it's been this way for, Oh gosh. Um, you know, over, over 35 years for me, right? There's a time in August where you get up in the morning and you go outside and there's just a difference in temperature. There's a, I call it a chill in the air. And from the time that I started playing football till now, you walk out and you feel that difference in temperature. There's a little bit of breeze. And in my mind, I go, it's football weather. It's getting Uh close. Mm-hmm. And no matter how old I get or how I'm involved, whether I'm a, a fan or helping out with a program or, you know, following along with Michigan, there's an excitement that happens every year and um, it, it, it never gets old.
1: I'm, I'm with you. I, that's, that's all I've got on, on top of it is, uh, you know, go blue. Let, let's go.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with
1: Clint Derringer.
0: Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.